0: Day on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. If younger women, and we're going to talk about the younger men in a
1: moment, if the young people don't have us to go to, where are they going to go? Where are they going to go? Oh, make no mistake about it, the enemy is going to be right there to fill in the void that's been created by the absence of our godly example, living our lives appropriate to sound doctrine.
0: Young Christians learn to live a life worthy of the calling of Jesus Christ by following the example set by older Christians. Are you one of these older Christians? That's a convicting question, isn't it? But as Pastor J.D. teaches through Titus, we'll see that the Holy Spirit pulled no punches. We need to be an example worth following, period. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in Titus chapter 2 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth.
1: That's how a husband is to love his wife. That's how a man of God is to treat their children. Oh, that's why their children respect him. Okay, I'm very convicted right now, so we're going to go to the women. Okay. (laughs) In verse 3, Paul moves from the older men to the older women, and says that they are to be reverent in the way they live their lives. And it's interesting that he would say what they're not to do. And hang on to that for a second. because I think that's key in what he's saying they are to do. But first, you know, sometimes the best way to know what to do is to know first what not to do. So what's the what not to do? Oh, well how about this list? Women? <laughs> Sorry. I don't want to have too much fun with this, but maybe just a little bit, slanderers, okay. Can we talk? Yeah, I, no literally, in fact, stop talking and slandering and gossiping. Or addicted to much wine. Now these are the older women. Again, I'm going to leave that between you and the Holy Spirit, but um, interesting. So, the children are all grown up. You know you, you parented them. You were a good mom, good wife. It's my time now. Where's that bottle of wine? And, oh I'm going to call sister so-and-so and, and did you hear? Kind of like what? You paid your dues, now you, you know? kind of get to kick back and take it easy, and no. I find it very interesting that Paul would say, instead of doing that, because apparently you have way too much time on your hands. You need to be busy about the things of the Lord, not busy bodies. So you need to teach What is good? Okay. How? Answer: It's sort of by default, such that older women who are reverent are not living worldly lives by default. It it kind of comports with the walking in the spirit and not fulfilling the lust of the flesh. When I was a young believer, I always had a hard time with that. I didn't know, what, what does it mean to walk, in, what does that look like in the Christian life? So you're saying if I walk in the Spirit, I won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. How does that work? Because I would really like to know. <laughs> this sounds like a game changer in my Christian life. It is. So how do you walk in the Spirit? Stay busy in the Spirit. You won't have time for the flesh. You know, I. I, it seems like every week I bring up social media, so I'm going to bring it up again today. Just bear with me. When I do go on social media, I am just struck by how much time people have to post. They're not just a post. I mean, it's just a scroll, a, You just keep scroll, Or if it's on the mouse, it's, you know, you keep going, and it goes, and goes, and goes, and then the reply. Oh, we got a reply. we got a notification. Got a reply, and reply. Have you ever noticed <laughs> that the longer that goes, the worse it gets? I think of the proverb that says, with many words, transgression is unavoidable. And besides, how do you have that much time? last time I checked, idle hands are still the devil's workshop. I'm going to take that further. I think idle hands in the life of a Christian are irresistible to the devil. As the Apostle Peter writes, I think it's 1st Peter 5-7, he says, be awake, be alert, be sober, be aware that your enemy, the devil, is like this lion who is stalking you as a lion stalks its prey, seeking to devour you. So he's watching, strategically studying, the like those military strategists. You see those old war photos, and you see these guys hovering over the table, strategizing over a map. Have you ever thought of it like that's what the enemy does with the map of your life? So he's studying your life, and he, (laughs) in some ways it could be argued that he knows you better than you know yourself. And he knows your vulnerabilities, and he knows your weak spots. And he's very patient, by the way. So he just kind of waits, and oh look, just kind of kicking back. Got a little bit of extra time. Get down there get to work, get busy. They're idle. And that's how it happens. You know, there is a thing about being so busy about the things of God that you do not have time. You just don't possess the time. this, This takes time. This is a commitment, by the way, isn't it? It's a time commitment. And you're committed to do what he's saying not to do here. That takes a a commitment of time. Okay, younger women. In verses 4 and 5, Paul goes on to say, now we're still with the older women, young women, (laughs) there to be able to encourage slash teach the younger women to love their husbands and children. And then Paul even specifies the way to love them is, young women, to be self-controlled and pure. That's interesting. To be busy at home, kind, and subject to their husbands. Now, wait, young women, just... Hang on for a second, because the onus is on the older women to model that for you. Wow, pastor, you're really going to harp on the older women. Yeah, maybe. No, I'm not. The Apostle Paul, by the Holy Spirit, is. is God's Word. Could it be that, in some ways, the younger women, more so, need a godly example of what a godly woman is and how they live their Christian lives? I mean, think about it. You know, the husband in a typical scenario goes off to work, leaves, you know, her with the kids. She's with them all day. (laughs) Right? Which, Which is why, by the way, when the dad gets home, <laughs> it's kids in hand, hi honey, here, <laughs> your turn now. Um, maybe it would be helpful to you, young woman, if you had an older woman that could help you, as an example to you. You know, our, our children were born after my mom and dad had both died. And there were so many times where, well, first I wish they could have seen their grandchildren. I know my mom would have just been, oh my goodness, over the top. <laughs> but there were so many times where I just wished that I could have asked them. I mean, there were so many questions. I, I should have asked them before, but I didn't think about it. Especially when my mom would say to me, you wait till you have children of your own. (laughs) Yeah, whatever. And then I had children of my own. And by the way, that's a rite of passage for parents to say to their children. But it would have been very helpful to have been able to talk with them and ask them, man, was I like this? I know what my mom would have said. No, you weren't like this. You were so much worse than this. <laughs> Let me ask you this question. If younger women, and we're going to talk about the younger men in a moment, if the young people don't have us to go to, where are they going to go? Where are they going to go? Oh, make no mistake about it, the enemy is going to be right there to fill in the void that's been created by the absence of our godly example, living our lives appropriate to sound doctrine. One more thing on this because Paul takes it a step further and explains the why, and it's very interesting to me because He says, do this so that no one will be able to malign the Word of God. Now why do we have that detail? And why did the Holy Spirit inspire the Apostle Paul to write that specific thing on the tail end of this? I have a thought, a suggestion as to why. I am of the belief that this is what was happening. And the reason I believe that is because of what Paul just said to Titus about Crete. Horrible reputation. These were vile people. They were lazy. They were gluttons. They were liars. They were savage. They were drunkards. I mean, the list goes on and on. In fact, so much so that you could say of somebody, oh, you're such a cretin. (gasps) Would you call me? So you have to know that this was the spiritual temperature of the day at that time. Well, okay, pastor, that was then. This is now. Okay. (laughs) Nothing's changed. I would even argue that it's, it's worse in the church of Jesus Christ today. I think now, more than ever, in this world that we are living in, this is of paramount importance. Because you see, what we do is we give the enemy a blank check to fill in the amount of mocking and maligning of Christianity, the church of God, the word of God. Can I say it this way? We fully cooperate with the enemy in this regard. It's almost like we're under his employment, doing his job for him. And in so doing, we do so much damage to our witness, to our testimony. You understand, right, that the world is watching us, especially now. They're watching the Christian. Oh, you're a professing Christian? Hmm. I've met a, I've met a few of you over the years, over my lifetime. You're all a bunch of hypocrites. And they're right. You know how when you say hey you want to come to church they go ah that church is full of hypocrites. You say hey cool well it is but we, we could always use more there's more seats you, know, <laughs> you you come too. You're just a bunch of hypocrites yeah. We're forgiven hypocrites. The church has been called not a showroom or a showcase for saints, but rather a hospital for sinners. But the world looking in is asking two questions, and we talk about this often. And you know what those questions are? They're asking you of your life, are you the real deal? Are you just like all the rest of the Christians that I've met? Well, you're a Christian on Sunday mornings. But I've seen what you do on Mondays, and Tuesdays, and Wednesdays, and Thursdays, and Fridays, and Saturdays. Nope, Sunday morning, put on that Christian smile, drive to church, yell at the kids in the back, pull in, only to find that somebody took your parking spot and I've seen how you react. Let me ask you this question. It's rhetorical. I ask it of myself. How many times has somebody said to you, well, that's not very Christian. There's one side of me that says, oh, so I have a non-Christian telling me that that's not very Christian. I didn't know that they were so proficient in what a Christian is to be as a non-Christian. I mean, there's that side of it, and of course that's the flesh, so nice try. Don't use that one. (laughs) But why would they ask you that question? Because maybe what you did or said or didn't do or didn't say isn't very Christian. And here's the thing, for them to ask you that question means that they're watching your life. And this question has come up, you know, I've been watching you for a while. I watch how you act, react, and I don't think that's what Christians are supposed to do. Or how Christians are supposed to act or react. And then here comes the maligning. You're all alike. The second question And this is in some ways more important that they're asking. The first question is, are you real? And the second question is, does it work? And the thing about both those questions is they want you to be real and they want it to work because they need it to be real for them and they need it to work for them. Because if it's not real and it doesn't work, then they have no hope. No hope. All right, let's go to the younger man. (laughs) Paul, in verses 6 through 9, tells Titus to encourage them to, here it is again, be self-controlled, and to do so by setting this example for them. How? The way Titus is to do this is in his teaching. Now stay with me. He's to show integrity, reverence, incorruptibility, and soundness of speech, so that he can't be condemned. Those who oppose, and there are many who oppose, will ultimately be ashamed and silenced, because what are they going to say? This guy's the real deal. He's a man of integrity, reverence, incorruptibility. Again, just like with the young women, young man, the onus isn't really on you. It's still on us as the old guys. (laughs) This is what we need to model for you. This is what integrity looks like. This is what reverence looks like. This is what incorruptibility looks like. And this is what being sound and solid in your doctrine looks like. Immovable. Nothing phases you, nothing shakes you. I think about the Apostle Paul in the book of Acts, when he says, you know, (laughs) nothing moves me, nothing shakes me. That comes with spiritual maturity and integrity, and purity, I might add. You're unfazed. But isn't it true when you're younger, (laughs) you don't react that way? I mean, everything is so much more magnified when you're younger. And then when you get older, of course age has something to do with it too. I mean, let's be honest, you just don't have enough energy like you used to when you were young. Man, when you were young, hey, let's do this. You get older and it's kind of like, it's all good. (laughs) It's all good. (laughs) Well, young guys need to see the older guys model that as an example to them. Oh, that's how you handle situations like that. Oh, that's what you do as a first response instead of a last resort. What do you mean? Again, I'll just speak from my own conviction, my own experience. How many times Would I have rather that my children caught me praying instead of yelling at somebody on the other end of the phone? Because you see what I taught them? I mean, I I can teach them and say to them, till I'm blue in the face, you know, do as I say, not as I do. (laughs) Oh really? No, I'm going to do as you do. Because they mimic you. And it's not just the parent-child. In fact, when, when my daughter was young, and I was younger, I remember I was yelling at the TV. I don't do that anymore. I'm, I'm, I've repented. I'm walking in victory in this area right now, mostly. But, you know, I backslide every once in a while. So here I am. She's just a you know, a little toddler. And here I'm yelling, Why are you kidding me? And I look over at my precious young daughter, and she starts yelling at the TV, too. <laughs> no! What have I done? My boys, young men, when they were toddlers, they mimicked me, and they imitated me, and many of the things that they watched me do. Caught me doing, they would also do.
0: We're so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. The Apostle Paul wrote the book of Titus after he was released from prison. One of the themes we read about is how belief impacts the decisions you make. Paul had immense faith in God, and that even impacted his attitude in the midst of difficult circumstances. Oh, to have that kind of belief. If you haven't yet found a church home, we'd like to encourage you to make that a priority. A church family can be a source of comfort and support and, most importantly, faithful prayer warriors. Church is a place you can serve and encourage others, too. If you're in the Kaneohe area, you're always welcome to join our church family. At Calvary Chapel Kaneohe, we meet on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find service times, directions, and more at our website, calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're there, be sure to check out Pastor J.D.'s additional teachings, as well as his Mideast Prophecy Updates an accurate look at what the Bible has to say about this time in our world. You can also find Pastor J.D.'s ABCs of salvation there. This is a great tool to share the simplicity of the gospel message with friends and family. Again, that website is com. As we continue to study wisdom from the book of Titus with Pastor J.D., we hope you've been encouraged to live out your faith in a new way. We encourage you to keep diving deeper into the word and we hope you'll join us next time right here on In Spirit and Truth.